Welcome back to the Weekly Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? What's the story, guys? How's it going? Listen, thank you so much to everybody who tuned into the first show last week. It's good to be back. So listen, let's just get straight into it. I was standing in the shower the other morning, okay? And like most mornings, okay, in between washing my body and kicking the empty shower gel bottles that I thought I'd definitely remember to put in the bin by leaving on the ground by my feet, I was scripting imaginary arguments with my friends and family and then coming up with the perfect rebuttals to those arguments and congratulating myself for being so quick-witted and unbelievably on the ball. As an adult, you see... There is no indulgence more luxurious than spending 15 minutes in the shower, soaping your body and silencing all of your invisible enemies with a perfectly timed put-down. There's also no end to the levels of pathetic that I can stoop. I honestly, genuinely, I spend an embarrassing amount of time winning fictional disagreements with the people that I love the most. And it's not just my family, actually. It's not just my family. I could lose days to a non-existing encounter with the delivery driver who recently left a note to say that nobody was home and the parcel has been returned to the depot even though everybody was home and he definitely didn't ring the doorbell because I would have heard it because we also have one of those ring doorbells that he should ring. So if so much as the stem of a leaf, by the way, happens to come within six feet of the cul-de-sac, my phone starts to beep. Anyway, that's not what we're... The other morning I was in the shower, okay, and something was preoccupying the fortress of my mind and I'd like to bring it to you to hear what your thoughts are. I was musing over something that happened last Saturday and I would sort of be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Let me just paint the picture. Now, I believe I was doomed from the get-go, right? I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday because I had to go to an appointment at eight. And I decided why not go and wait in a coffee shop? All right? Now, look, I'm not going to name and shame the place, okay? Because who knows? Maybe they'll come on board as a sponsor for the podcast. But let's just say the coffee costs a lot of money. Do you hear that? The coffee costs a lot of money. To all the armchair Alan Turing's and bedroom Jessica Fletcher's out there, you'll probably see through my linguistic sorcery enough to know where I'm talking about. But to everybody else, here's another clue. The coffee costs a lot and it tasted like boiled cat urine. Not that I'm some sort of cat piss aficionado, by the way, and or have the ability to detect the difference between the piss of a cat that has been distilled or not, but I think you get the drift. I'm saying it, but I'm not saying it. So anyway, I walk into the Costa, okay? Now, first things first. I believe that nobody in Ireland or the wider world ever goes into a Costa coffee by choice. It's just something that happens. It's a necessary part of life that you cannot avoid, okay? Like going to the dentist or chipping in on a present for one of your co-workers even though they're leaving your company by choice to go and get paid more elsewhere whilst you're stuck in the same job. Riddle me that, please. I hope you enjoyed the voucher for Brown Thomas and the Chili's water bottle, Vanessa. Thanks so much for the group email saying goodbye. What a lovely personal touch. Oh, and I see now that you've signed off the email with a gif. Rock and roll. I'll definitely make sure to jot down your personal email in case I ever need to reach out in the future, you complete and utter gobshite. We could almost do a full roast, by the way, on the insincere messages left in goodbye cards when somebody's leaving a company. Uh, Bye, Miranda. We'll miss your memes more than we'll miss you, lol. Joke. You've been a champion to work with, and I'll never forget those ham and cheese paninis. Stay in touch. 
I wonder how many people's like very last four words they ever speak to each other are definitely stay in touch. Slana while you, Liam. You're their problem now, lol. Only joking, only joking, only joking. Uh, you're an excellent co-worker. Hope the surgery goes okay. Well, the second surgery. Well, and good luck with the transplant. Sure, who needs lungs? Am I right? Uh, all the best for the future. Sorry about the lung. Uh, don't, don't worry about those fags you owe me. Stay in touch, Blonde. Anyway, look, back to the Costa, okay? Look, nobody ever wakes up and says, I think I'd like to go to a Costa coffee today. They just don't. It's just another one of life's great waiting rooms, like clean train terminals or hotel lobbies that don't have password-protected Wi-Fi. It's a place that you go to consume expensive, sugary, frothy slop with only a vague suggestion of the cocoa bean. Costa coffee on a Saturday morning is where dreams go to die, my friends. The midweek ocean of buggies has finally parted to make way for a tired queue of society's outcasts and oddballs. Genuinely, look around you the next time you're in a Costa. The oddest put-together outfits I've ever seen in my life. People who dress like they're, some, like they're, they're somehow visiting somebody in hospital, but are also in hospital themselves. Do you know what I mean? Wearing a sort of like a coat that you could shovel snow with in winter, but then a pair of satin pyjamas under... Gyalts, essentially. People are dressed like gyalts. The sort of spring-summer gyalts, like... The sort of autumn winter 2024 Gyalt collection, the type of clothes. Just do me a favour, okay? Look around the next time you're in a Costa. Particularly the ones that are situated in industrial estates, you know, perched beside a massive roundabout with a Burger King and a petrol station attached. From a glance, you might think that it's somewhere middle aged men go to just wait for their wives whilst they pop into home store and more because the guys can no longer busy themselves in Power City after getting into a fist fight with a member of staff uh, on Black Friday whilst trying to return a TV that he bought in Harvey Norman. But no, it's much deeper than that, okay? Here's my theory about Costa Coffee. Obviously, you could slide the coffee, but look, the problems stretch far beyond the beverages. I mean, firstly, a latte from Costa Coffee is essentially just steamed sugar with a slight undertone of ass, served in a glass that you'd usually reserve for a Knickerbocker glory, with one of those tiny little handles, you know, the ones so small that a literal Sylvanian would struggle to fit his hands around it. But no, it's much more than the coffee, okay? So I had an epiphany on Saturday morning as I looked around the place and wrestled with the reality that I was facing, and I honestly think that I've nailed it. So hear me out, okay? You ready? Costa Coffee is a place where people go exclusively to have awkward conversations. Oh, I need to apologise to my mother-in-law for comments made over Christmas. Costa Coffee. Oh, I've got to chat to a friend of mine about how to prepare to break up with my other half, but I don't want to go to any of our usual spots in case we're seen by mutuals. Costa Coffee. We need to interview the au pair, Costa. We need to fire the new au pair, Costa. I'm considering having an affair, but I haven't brought myself to the stage of intercourse yet, but instead I'm going to go to a, cof- gonna go to a cafe for a coffee with the woman I met in the book club, Costa. I could go on forever. Each corner of the bland burgundy backdrop provides another example. Oh, we're a bunch of international students living in Dublin and everywhere that doesn't serve booze closes afternoon, so we need somewhere else to study. Costa. I'm buying a second-hand air fryer off Dundeal and I need to find a safe space to do the exchange with the undesirable. Costa. It's funny, isn't it, actually, how whenever we sell something online... 
our first instinct when we get a message from somebody asking to meet up to buy it is like, you dirty bastard. What sort of pervert would want to buy a second-hand air fryer off a stranger on the internet? He's clearly trying to do something with his dick. Mate, you're the one selling the air fryer. We completely ignore our role in the situation and just assume the worst about everybody else. It's sitting in traffic whilst complaining about traffic without realising we are traffic. Anyway, the next time you're in Costa, look around you. Everybody in there is hiding something. Everyone's got a story to tell. Nobody is in there by choice. It's anonymous, impersonal and the perfect place to break bad news or chat to a prospective maths grind. You can't be telling somebody that you no longer love them and want to remove them from your life in the lovely locally run coffee shop operated by a person with the tea cosy on their head and fingerless gloves who probably knows everybody's first name. No, you need somewhere that carries no sentiment. A place where even the caramel squares come wrapped in plastic and the toilets have a pin code. If small cafes make love to you, Costa barely even asks for your name before unbuckling its belt. And some people like it like that. So anyway, I go up to get my coffee and the queue is sort of almost as long as this story. But anyway, I eventually get to the top and then I get hit with this. So, how's your day going so far? Now look, I understand it's friendly, but I just, there's something about the sort of rehearsed kindness and these generic Americanisms worming their way into our lexicon day to day that gets to me, you know? But then again, with my accent, people probably aren't too keen on, you know, hearing me judge the brogue of others. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, how's your day going so far? So far, it's 7am. It's fine. Nothing mental has happened yet. I didn't shit the bed and I haven't trampled over any school children on the way to get here. So I suppose it's going okay. And I ordered a a white Americano. Okay, that's my order. I have to be careful with coffee, you see. Because if I have more than one... I'll start having a panic attack and any more than two will result in me communicating in screams and my bowels will resemble the burst banks of the River Daughter during Storm Ophelia, okay? So I get my coffee and yes, I have to pay extra for the cup because I keep forgetting my keep cup and now I just have a drawer at home that is filled with various keep cups beside my unused tote bag collection and various bags for life that I will ultimately have for life. See, the problem is with the bags for life is that I basically, I keep moving the position of them around the house in an effort to remember them. Like the intention is honestly there, but it never works. Oh, maybe if I stuff 17 of them at once into a coat pocket, then I won't forget them. Perhaps if I hang them from the literal coat hooks, they'll catch my eye on the way out the front door. Maybe if I wore them like those perverted blue shoes you have to put on your feet on the inside of a leisure centre, or those ones that the lads wear when installing your satellite dish. Maybe that'll do the trick, but no. Nothing seems to work. My adult life for me is just a series of relocating the ever-expanding amount of bags for life whilst buying more bags for life. And every time, by the way, they're more expensive. Oh, do you, do you want a bag with that? Uh, yeah, well, how much are they? Oh, they're only 70 cent. Cool, I'll take three. Do you have a club card? No. Right, well, that'll be nine grand. Good stuff. Lately, I've actually accepted defeat and I've essentially formed all of the bags for life into a big ball and shoved them down the front of my trousers just beneath my genitals. So I have access to them at all times and thus resemble one of those Americans in the documentaries about diabetes. Back to the fucking Costa. Is that everything that you'd like or or is there something else? 
vaguely waves his hand over the sweet treats counter, you know, almost as if he's blessing them or signalling to the emergency exit on an airplane. And I have to pretend like I haven't noticed them, like I haven't been doing this internal struggle with myself for the entire duration of the queue going, no, I won't, I will, I won't, I will. You said you're on a diet. I won't, I will. Oh, uh, those? Uh, no, no, I'm gra- No, I'm okay, thanks. But he knows he has me. Just, just a coffee. The way he says just a coffee, you know, just a coffee, are you sure? There's something like almost seductive about it. It's sort of how I imagine, how I imagine like an erotic dancer would gesture towards their genitals in the window of a Dutch massage parlour. <laughs> are you sure there's nothing else here that you'd like to taste? Well, do you know what? I'm grand actually, because the prices have put a very unpleasant taste in my mouth. We're back in the Costa now, not Amsterdam. I've actually never been to Amsterdam, by the way. I don't think I'd like to pay four euro eighty, though, for a festive piece of fucking shortbread. Millionaire shortbread? You'd bloomin' well want to be a millionaire. Am I that? Uh, brilliant, Mark. You've somehow channeled Peter K in the mid-90s to express your dismay. Four pound bloomin' eighty? Who do you think I am? Christopher Bloomin' Tarrant? Uh... Christopher Tarrant was the presenter of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. That doesn't necessarily make him the millionaire. Well, if that's the case, why do priests have so much power if they were just presenting God's message? Oh, okay, well, that is a good and very unexpected question from you there, fictional piece. But we might focus on the baked goods for today, if that's all right, mate. I buy my coffee, I walk outside, and immediately, okay, and this is, we're getting to it now, immediately it starts dripping down my t-shirt, all around my knuckles. I think genuinely at the top of my ever-growing list of things that quietly drive me insane, or at least exacerbate my already well-documented insanity are, and you'll have to bear with me on this one, but coffee lids that don't adequately contain the coffee in the cup. So that after taking a few, like a mere few steps away from the cash register, the front of your fingers are completely soaked in brown, like you've just interfered with the rear end of a golden retriever. It's infuriating and it's happening everywhere all the time and no one seems to be talking about it and there's never any napkins about. And it all gets down all along your bust as well, into the crevices. Of course there aren't ever any napkins. So then, by the way, you have to do this thing, this sort of awkward, frenzied shuffle back up to the top of the queue, all the while reassuring the murmuring morons and bystanders in their Anina Bing baseball caps and Adidas gazelles on that you're not skipping them. I'm not skipping you. I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get it on you sort of mail. I'm just trying to get a tissue. I just, I need to get a tissue. I need to. So I get to the top anyway and the cashier looks me up and down like a bouncer or the cheerleading antagonist in a 90s teen movie. And I go, hey, mate, sorry, it's me again. He's like, was everything all right for you? I was like, well, no, sorry. I'm Also, can you not see that I'm covered in fucking coffee? So I was like, sorry, mate, uh, this lid isn't working. It's just spilled all over me. He looks me up and down and he just goes, oh, it's, uh, it's just a few drips. I was like, sorry? And he was like, oh, it's, it's just a few drips. I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine. I look him dead in the eye. I go, let, it, let me put it to you like this, Shane. If you went into a restaurant, okay, and you ordered the shepherd's pie. Aside from the fact that you clearly need to get out more if your literal meal of choice in a restaurant is potatoes and mince. But if the waiter came to your table, okay, popped the plate down in front of you, and then dragged his fingers through the mash and smeared a line of it along your face, would you accept that because it's just a little smear? No, it's the principle. And he was like, oh, don't be ridiculous. Okay, fine, I'll try and think of a more reasonable example. If you're buying a lovely white bikini, 
for the day two of your best friend's wedding. And then when you're leaving the shop, you realise that there's a hideous stain all along the seam of the pants on it. But then when you go back in, the shop assistant says, oh, don't worry about that. Our manager Shane sometimes likes to try on the bikinis. Lots of Shane's involved in this story. Our manager Shane sometimes likes to try on the bikinis after hours. And every now and then he'll be eating a burrito whilst doing so. And sometimes a couple of drips will get, I don't know, rubbed into along the seat of the jocks. It's just a few drips though. He stares at me with the same amount of compassion an influencer has when posting about a celebrity's death. He takes one big breath and he just goes, you do realize that you were literally crying over spilt milk. I have to repeat this incredible message that I got on Instagram during the week, at Megan Mark. So obviously, fill me once, Michelle Keegan is in it. Somebody sent me this, how good is this? Michelle Keegan once, for some unfathomable reason, came to stay in a very average local hotel in County Wicklow I used to work in. The two 16 to 17 year old lads who were waiters had a fight over who would bring up her room service tray. The winner came back down afterwards, red face and panting to tell us she had been wearing, inverted commas, or quotation marks rather, hot pants. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So I posted this on Instagram. Within five minutes, somebody comes back. I can confirm. I used to work in that hotel. My friend is the one who brought up the room service. I've asked the person involved and it was a dressing gown, not hot pants, apparently. Within five minutes of that message, I then get this. This was the blank hotel. Myself and my friend may have followed her around to make sure we were right. We were 15, lol. Hop. And then I said, was she wearing a hot pant or was it a dressing gown? And she came back to say, it was hot pants. 2013, I'm pretty sure. She went up to her room pretty quick, so she probably ended up wearing a dressing gown. Unbelievable. Let us purchase some popcorn and overpriced soda. I mean, I don't know why in my fictional cinema <laughs> things are overpriced. Surely it's imaginary. It could be It could be affordable. Okay, so let me rephrase that. Now, purchase some discounted 100% free popcorn on me and a drink. Reach out your hand. Hold mine. This is perverted. Uh, it's like one of those meditations you did in fourth year, you know. <laughs> You're in a garden and God is bringing you on the beach. Anyway, hold my hand as we go into Movie Club. For those of you unfamiliar, Movie Club is the section of the podcast where we watch, we roast and we review what everybody in the country is watching. This week, guys, it's Fill Me Once. For those of you unfamiliar, Fill Me Once is on Netflix right now. There are going to be lots of spoilers throughout this entire piece, so turn it off if you don't want to. Or also, if you're not really going to watch it, just listen anyway, because it's irrelevant. Like you're... Fool me once. The short brief about Fool Me Once that my producer Kieran has ever so kindly drawn up for me is that when ex-soldier Maya, played by Michelle Keegan, sees her murdered husband on a secret nanny cam, she discovers a deadly conspiracy that stretches deep into the past. Now, the long brief that was ever so kindly drawn up by the producer, my producer, Kieran, was, Fool Me Once follows Maya Stern, who was trying to come to terms with the brutal murder of her husband, Joe. 
But when Maya installs a nanny cam to keep an eye on her young daughter, she is shocked to see a man she recognises in her house. Her husband, who she thought was dead, ellipsis. Detective Sergeant Sammy Kearse leads the homicide investigation into Joe's death whilst grappling with secrets of his own. Meanwhile, Maya's niece and nephew, Abby and Daniel, are trying to get the truth about their mother's murder several months earlier. Annoyingly, I might add. Uh, like, we're going to get straight into your opinions on Filmy Once, guys, but I'm just going to say, once Abby and Daniel got involved and started, like, hatching their little plans together and they sort of became, you know, Harriet the Spies, that's when Megan switched out. That's when I was off. That's when I was done, okay? But nevertheless... The Movie Club is all about hearing your opinions, guys. It's not about me on a little soapbox. We've got that for the first part of the podcast. So this is all about you. If you want to get involved in the Movie Club, all you have to do is listen to the podcast, follow me on Instagram at MeganMark, and then send me a voice note with your thoughts about anything that you're watching. Each week we'll be choosing a new title, as I, just, as I mentioned, and just let me know your thoughts. And then we'll include you in the show. Okay, let's go. Hannah, what do you think? Hi, Mark. Just on the opening credits of Fool Me Once. Okay, just Absolutely. one second, Hannah, I'm just going to have to say to you, when, like, the thing about voice notes is they're not live. So did you say, do you know what, I think I might voice note that guy Mark Megan, or if you hadn't seen my name ever pronounced, you'd only seen it written down. I think I might voice note that guy Mark Mohagan. And I also, whilst I'm going to voice note him, I'm going to start cleaning out the old rollerblades and stuff from underneath the stairs. There's a lot of background noise going on there, Hannah. Continue. Hi Mark, just on the opening credits of Fool Me Once, absolutely vomit, they're so embarrassing, I don't know why they use the sepia filter from Instagram 2008. Very good, very good, very, uh, you've redeemed yourself. And I don't know why they didn't plaster Michelle Keegan's face all over it. Agreed. They have that cringy part at the very end where the big mansion house has fake breaking glass windows. Yeah, sorry. That was like something out of uh, Nickelodeon, nine, like after school Nickelodeon 2002. Uh, bananas how bad though that, that CGI was disgraceful as you would say continue like if you can afford an F-Pace Jag in blue for Michelle to be spinning around in three episodes you can afford real broken glass is that a child in the background unlike Maya Stern you're actually minding your old child am I right Hannah that's an in gag for people who've seen the show let's go I just thought no the song I can hear you vo-. no no it's in my head I hate it I don't get chills when I watch it you know the likes of True Detective American Horror Story the minute their songs come on, you're like, yes, this is going to be a stunning episode. Why didn't they plaster her face all over it? You know, black and white fade in now, pictures of her. Yeah, my child agrees. It was absolutely tragic. They had a huge budget. I don't know why. They just left it till the very end, obviously. It's cat. <laughs> I love when people describe things as cat that, of course, aren't cats. Uh, yeah, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Hannah. I'm a big fan of that analysis. Right, you've hit the nail on the head. The, the song was... But then again, I'm thinking, is that intentional? Is that almost them being playful and showing that this is a show that doesn't take itself too seriously? We don't demand too much from the audience. We don't sort of have an arrogance in the same way that Saltburn did. Because Saltburn was arrogant, lest I need to remind you. Excellent point, Hannah. And... I'm sorry, now I actually feel like a complete dog for mentioning the background noise in the beginning of the voice note. Thank you for taking the time to voice note me whilst minding your child. I wish you all the best of the future. And uh, as I said, bear in mind my proposal. Don't bear in mind the proposal and good luck. Okay, next up, we have Paula. Uh, Paula is from Dungiven in County Derry. Um, um, again, I don't know where she's from. I forgot to ask her, but let's just give these people places. It humanises them. It makes them real. Okay, uh, let's go, Paula. I want to know why the casual stalking of Shane was just breezed over. One second. Paula, why are you speaking like a detective? 
I want to know, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, what, uh, one second. <clears throat> My wife loves you. It's a Columbo, so. Too much, too much coffee. Let's go. Paul. I want to know why the casual stalking of Shane was just breezed over, not helped by the fact that he looked like an escaped preschooler with his little soft face. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second here. Escaped preschooler, for me, sounds perverted. And also, we don't want to bring in people's physical appearances uh, into this thing. But Paula, you look... No, <laughs> no. but as in, I don't think we can be slagging Shane's personal appearance. Emmett Scanlon is a very good-looking man. I do agree with you, though, when it comes to Shane. And, like... You know, I, I totally understand that the shows need to leave certain things open and not, you know, pro- we don't all need to be spoon-fed in the way we were in Saltburn, by the way. Lest I need to remind you of that embarrassing affair where they actually had to spell everything out for us at the end, as if we were morons or imbeciles. But no, I, I do agree with you about Shane. Um, What's your friend doing? Why is he placing trackers on your car? Does he care about you? Is he obsessed with you? Is he aware? Is he aware of the real truth? And, oh, I'm going to form that thought and come back to you. Paula, thank you for your input. And sorry, continue your voice now. We need a campaign for MHA Scanlon to be prohibited from buying a razor ever again. It's just not cool. Up there with the uh, the petition to get Henri, the, Henri, the petition to get the Irish match replayed after Henri's handball, people signing that on Facebook was the most mortifying thing in the world and thinking that it was going to happen was almost as bad as the petition to meet up at the Spire in protest if Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't win an Oscar for The Wolf of Wall Street. He shouldn't have won an Oscar for The Wolf of Wall Street, by the way. Can we just get over, can we get over The Wolf of Wall Street? DiCaprio was better in The Revenant than he was in Wall Street in the Wolf of Wall Street and that's the game next up who do we have next up Sheena next up we've got Sheena Sheena is from Ross Carberry in West Cork I'm really looking forward to hearing she- people with the name Sheena always seem to have their shit together anybody I know called Sheena is always just like rock solid so let- let's go Sheena okay so fool me once first of all can't believe it's being mentioned in the same breath as Saltburn different league I feel fool me once is for people with no taste oh my or God. Pos- do you know what I've just realised Sheena sort of sounds like Rob Carney. Can we... Okay, just bear with me out. Bear with me here. Like in a, in a, sorry, by the way, you, you have a perfectly lovely voice, by the way, Sheena, but your voice sort of sounds like Rob Carney. Let's go from the top. Okay, so fool me once. First of all, can't believe it's being mentioned in the same breath as Saltburn. Different league. I feel fool me once is for people with no taste or possibly low IQ oh. and I'm expecting this roast to be right up there with the sister-in-law who was sacked and wore her dry robe to the shops please don't disappoint me Sheena I probably disappointed you already with the Rob Carney insinuation or thing and the uh, the insinuation that you're recording this while hurtling down the N7 so um, yeah I mean interesting point I, I do agree it, this wasn't highbrow this wasn't Big Mama's house too you know, this wasn't a complicated viewing. Um, but, you know, we all have our opinions. You know, people, lots of people are telling me, like, this is the best show that they've seen all year. I mean, we're barely two months into the new year. Like, what are you... Anyway, I look, my, by the way, jury, just in case anybody is interested, in my opinion, I did think Fool Me Once was complete and utter slop. Like, a derangement levels of slop. Like, if I was on an airplane and it came on the screen, I'd be asking Amelia Earhart to get into the cockpit just to spice some things up a little bit. It was, it was so bad. I dropped off, I think, on, like, episode five because it just became... Somebody described it well where they said, like, it was like Hollyoaks meets the bill. It was sheer insanity from the open... Once the 
pepper spray scene went down, it was just complete madness. That I, I, I disengaged. Um, but again, by the way, some things aren't, not everything is supposed to be highbrow. Some things are supposed to be fun and just a bit of, you know, diversion. And I think Film Me Once did take that, take that box for people. So I'm not like looking down on it or I do not think, like judging people for liking something that you don't like is really shit. And I'm <laughs> backing myself into a corner here, Megan, because that's literally the basis of your entire podcast. So next up, we've got Lindsay. Lindsay sounds like somebody who works in a bar in Toronto, is Irish, but has like an uncle who moved to uh, Canada in the mid 80s and gives her and all of her friends jobs. They have the summer of their lives, but then her friend, um, Jessica. No. No. Okay, Lindsay, what do you have to say? Okay, so this is mean, but I find it really hard to believe By the way, she ever just, married sorry. your man in the first place. Whenever people say, okay, but this is mean, and then continue with their sentence, it's the, that doesn't absolve you from your sins. Do you know what I mean? You can't just acknowledge the bad thing and then say the bad thing. Do you know what I mean? And that doesn't make it a good thing. I'm not racist. Yeah, this is my producer's just shouting out, I'm not racist, but he's not saying it to me. I've just overheard him have a conversation with one of his coworkers. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You, you can't, oh, look, I know this will probably say mean. If you're caveating that, uh, anyway, Lindsay, welcome back from, you're back in Ireland now. You're no longer in Toronto, okay? You're not running through the six with um, Quavo or whatever the guy's name was from last week. Let's go, Lindsay. Okay, so this is mean, but I find it really hard to believe that she ever married your man in the first place. He was definitely punching. No, that's not. Ah, Jesus. Lindsay, come on, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. You are so much better than that. I used to also get those messages whenever I first started seeing there and I'd get all these messages like, like really mean ones just going, you're punching, you're punching, 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 punching. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you for that. Is that all we have for today? Katie. Last but not least. We have Katie. Now, I haven't done my homework on this one, okay? So I don't know if this is the same Katie as the Katie from last week. We should recognise her voice. Nevertheless, this is from Ka- this is uh, this voice note is from Katie. Crosshaven, County Cork. I very much look forward to hearing her opinion on Fill Me Once and the Maya, the saga. The, ne- the seemingly never-ending saga of Maya Stern. Let's go. Hello. Um, so, as you can hear, I'm very, quite sick still. Um, <laughs> I love the way Katie says that she's quite sick still, as if, like, I, I know her medical history. Do you know what I mean? As if, like, I was in touch with her last week, you know, in the GP's office. Like, as if we sat across from each other over, you know, a copy of VIP magazine with an article on the royal family dated two th- from 2006 and an issue of the National Geographic from 1993 about Concord. But, um, okay, so... Let's roll it from the top. But Katie, to be fair, you do sound desperately sick. So, thoughts and prayers. Hello. Um, so, as you can hear, I'm very, quite sick still. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of the different series. But this one, yeah, it was just a bit ridiculous. Like, how much tragedy can happen one person? And also, she looks like she's about 20. How can she have done so much in her life? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's worth the watch if you've nothing else, but there's a lot better to uh, watch instead. About halfway through that voice note, it sort of sounds like Katie rolled over in the scratcher and decided to, like, you know, 
it was just was half about oh, halfway through there, just well, you know, wearing boxer shorts. Do you know what I mean? And a wife beater eating beans straight out of the tin. It was sort of really scratching your left testicle. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, look, I agree with you. I mean, a lot happened to her, but come on, like this is fiction at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? This isn't a documentary. Like we we do what it's unbridled escapism you know, and it does have a purpose and it is designed to entertain. So I, you know, <laughs> no, my one criticism is that too many things happen to the character. Like, this is why we watch this shit. It's because it's not like real life. Do you know what I mean? Um, Katie, you need to ease up on the vapo, vapo roll. Get, let's get the YouTube up. And uh, no, okay. I agree, Katie. Well, no, sorry. A lot has happened to her. Lots of people were also writing in saying that Michelle Keegan doesn't look like she was in the army. I don't know who that that's against, but it is against. I don't know if we, sh- if we can say that because I don't know what one should look like by being in the army. I thought she was very convincing as an ex-army person. Parsing words on filming once. It's complete and utter slop. If you want to watch it, leave your brain at the door, and that's okay to do every now and then. Bloody, sometimes I wish I could do it a little bit more often. <laughs> Am I right, Mark? No, Mark, you're wrong. The most outrageous scene in that entire uh, six episode or however many episodes there are in Film Me Once, was there eight actually? Uh, but anyway, was the jockeying of the coach scene. In what universe do we exist in wherein a coach's penis is allowed to be out the side of a football pitch and there's no intervention other than people going, oh, that's embarrassing. There you go. Film Me Once. Film Me Twice. Film Me Once. Shame on me. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Rose, guys. Oh my God, no. Thank you so much for listening to the Weekly Rose, guys. <laughs> I couldn't say the Sunday Rose there for legal reasons, nevertheless. Thank you so much for listening to the Weekly Rose. It's great to be back, guys. Great to be podcasting every week. Listen, if you enjoy the show, please let me know on Instagram, at Megan Bark. Please leave a review. It's probably good to ask people to leave reviews and to... Uh, rate the podcast and all of the rest because this is a new podcast if you enjoyed the movie club send me a DM let me know what you want me to review it can be anything by the way it can be a movie it can be a TV series soon enough we'll be reviewing live events a la the Golden Globes the Oscars the BAFTAs Electric Picnic nevertheless thank you really appreciate the support really appreciate all the kind messages about episode one looking forward to coming back next week let me know what you want me to review, let me know what you want me to roast. And furthermore, let me know if you have a bit of romance in your life or if you're looking for a bit of romance in your life. Why don't you just voice note me about anything? For instance, if you're standing at the bus stop and you witness a pensioner with his penis out, tell me about it. It doesn't need to be penis related, by the way, but like, no matter what happens in your life, if you witness something or encounter something uh, and you want me to feed back on it and to roast it and or to respond to it, send me a voice note. It doesn't have to be about the, uh, the movie club. We'll feature it in the show. We'll put it to the people and we'll see what everybody has to think. And last but not least, please consider pre-ordering my book. Available everywhere online at the moment. Well, most places, I think. Most places. But if you Google it, this is not a self-help book coming out in March. Uh, the link is in my bio on Instagram as well. Guys, tune in here 
wherever you get your podcasts on the Go Loud app every Wednesday, the Weekly Roast. Thanks so much for the support. All the best. See you next week. Let's go.